our Bible lessons from the first epistle of John now leads us to chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, where we read these words. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We might title this meditation, Salvation, a breaking away from the love of this world system. It is most important that we understand the true meaning of the word world as used in this text. As we look into the words that are used in the New Testament, we find that there are four words in the original that refer to the idea of world. We have one word which means land, and this is obviously not referring to humanity. We have another word that means basically inhabited, and thus has the idea of the earth as the abode of men. We have another word that essentially means time, and has the idea of generation, or a space of time, or an age, and thus refers to the world as a period of time. And then we have the word of our text, which is the original Greek word cosmos, which has been brought over into our English language. And it basically signifies an order, or an apt and harmonious arrangement or constitution of things. It is most important that we understand clearly what this word means as used by the Apostle John. We have thought that the word as so used is synonymous with a term world system, and it comprises the mass of mankind who have alienated themselves from fellowship with God, causing a breach between the heavenly and the earthly order, and are now lying in the control of or being ruled by Satan and his emissaries or evil spirits, who are its animating, actuating, or energizing spirit. Certainly the Apostle John cannot be referring to the earth in his use of the term world, and thus he must be referring to the moral system of mankind as they have departed from fellowship with an obligation to the great God of the universe. It is an order of things which is founded upon its own elements or fundamental principles. It possesses its own parade of conceited wisdom and learning. It exhibits its own fashion, form, or atmosphere. It is an empty external show or pageantry. It is characterized by an ever-increasing moral corruption and decay, defilement and inner pollution which leaves its indelible trace or infection to a greater or less degree upon all its members. It consists of those who are with more or less intensity fulfilling their earnest desires or internal cravings as they press on eagerly in supreme self-gratification through attachment to sensible objects, worldly interests and affairs, endowments, riches, honors, advantages, pleasures, and the like. While many of these profess friendship to God, 
they are nevertheless so inspired with an attitude or disposition in their fixed course of action of supreme selfishness that they have become the enemy of God, the scripture declares. In the light of this admonition comes the expression of this text, which may be rendered thus, Do not keep on loving the world, neither the things that are in the world. We have here a structure which forbids the continuation of an action which is viewed as already going on. We are to cease doing, therefore, what we have been doing. This is brought out in Galatians chapter 6, 14, which may be rendered as follows. May it not come to pass for me to be glorying, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom to me the world has come to be and remains crucified, and I unto the world. So the Apostle Paul affirmed that salvation was a state of crucifixion to this world system and all its pollution and all its maneuverings. The very nature of sin was that we were seeking our own selfish way supremely. And since this is the very core of the world system, we had complacency or pleasure in those of like mind. We were going along in the stream of rebellion, cleaving to those objects which gratified us most. In our associations, we were most attached to those members of the system who had shown a preference for our particular form of gratification. Not that there was any virtue in our regard for them, but rather we liked them because they most gratified ourselves. It is truly wonderful how clear this distinction can be perceived in the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit. We have seen that there is no salvation apart from the absolute breaking away from this regard for the world system and its members. We read in Galatians 5.24, which may be rendered as follows, Now they of Christ Jesus, the flesh, did crucify with the passions and the desires. The world is composed of the multitudes of those living in the gratification of their own desires, whether this be elevated in the eyes of the world or base. So when this supremacy is cast forth from within us, we are automatically broken off from the world as the element in common is gone, the element of selfishness. We can and should exercise benevolence and kindness toward all, to be sure, but we can never again cherish as permanent good anything about us in the world. The words, neither the things in the world, would seem to indicate that by the word world in this text, emphasis is laid on the world system of moral beings in rebellion against God as distinguished from mere inanimate objects of affection, as various material objects that people think about. These are more especially covered by the above phrase, the things that are in the world. The Christian can have no supreme attachment for any object, as this regard can only be for the great God in the heaven, as the first commandment affirms. Here is another intolerable proposition we have in this passage, which may be rendered, if anyone should be loving the world, the love of the Father is not in him. There are no qualifications attached to this, but merely the word anyone. This holds, therefore, for the Christian. 
if he should leave his state of consecration to God and again erect himself and his own desires as a supreme idol of his soul and as a result reach out to the world system for gratification, then it can inerrantly be said that the love of the Father is not in him. By this beautiful phrase, we are reminded of Romans 5.5, where we have these words in substance. The love of God has come to be, and still is being, poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. By love, we are here to understand that sweet disposition of goodwill, of benevolence, of affection, or kindly concern toward all that is the very nature of the Godhead. This state of being cannot coexist with selfishness in the heart and life, as this passage affirms. And thus we see that when the supreme desire of the mind has come to be centered upon itself, the sweet activities of the Godhead must cease within us. The love of the Father is a most real and vivid manifestation in our own consciousness in the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. It is another expression of the life from above into which by God's grace we are admitted. It is the very life of God flowing into our souls by the agency of the Holy Spirit, whom the Lord Jesus said would be given to those who would turn from their sin and exercise saving faith. It is a moment-by-moment -moment experience of the glorious consciousness of the life of God within the soul. We receive nothing in regeneration that we can call our own, but are admitted into God's glorious radiating presence. Thus it is that if we would cause ourselves to turn away from the supreme regard for the Godhead, the Holy Spirit must erect a shield between himself and our souls, shutting us out from his glorious presence. We are thus left with nothing but a memory to torment us when our busy madness after gratification has subsided. In our text, the use of the present tense loving the world, which indicates a continuous action or a constancy in self-seeking, is most emphatic. In reality, every time that the Christian falls into sin, he does so because he has, for the time being, induced through weakness and lack of faith, fallen back into the gratification of himself. He is, for the time being, loving the world as from it he draws his supreme gratification for that time. The spirit is grieved, and the warmth of God's love begins to subside. If he does not repent and heed the convictions of the spirit, he will come to the place of this text. He will come to the place of continually seeking his own selfish ends, and a continual absence of the divine presence within him will become a tragic fact. Oh, how wonderful is the declaration that God's profound love can be manifested within the human heart. This is the way man was created. He was given the endowments of personality, the ability of intellect or God consciousness, the ability to perceive the nature of God to some measure, 
by the imagination that God gave him. He was given an emotional nature to experience reactions of the Godhead. Within his innermost heart, he was given a sovereign will, a self-determination by which he became the rudder of his own life. And the plan of God was that man should be in happy radiance before him. But sin entered into the world, tragically enough, and thus a world system of rebellion against God became a tragic fact. Now the gospel comes to us and affirms that through repentance we must forsake this world system and all its selfishness and return to the great God of the universe and offer him the supremacy of our hearts and confess every sin that has come to us in our experience, looking to the Lord Jesus Christ by faith in his atoning death for the forgiveness of our sins and the restoration to God. We shall continue this passage in our next visit. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this solemn admonition, and we certainly understand in our own consciousness the meaning of these wonderful things. Now we pray that many may respond to thy tender love this day and may become awakened to the essence of this world system and flee from it by way of repentance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.